And sometimes on the outside surface, they look put together and people would never know how much they struggle on the inside or on the home front. They have this professional image that they want to upkeep and they won't even invite people like friends and family over because they just encounter or they just have a lot of shame-based thinking. And so I encounter that a lot. And I personally dealt with that for so long. So I know how to dismantle it and how to help set people free. Welcome to Spark Joy, the podcast dedicated to celebrating the KonMari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest. With your hosts and certified KonMari consultants, Kristen Ivey and Karen Sochi. And now, here's the show. My guest today is Holly Sutherland. I met Holly via the professional organizers think tank and loved her personality and her dedication to the profession. Holly is a professional organizer who has been traveling nationwide since 2008, helping families and entrepreneurs get unstuck and find peace in their homes. Her team, Waco Home Organizers, based in Waco, Texas, helps individuals and businesses with decluttering and creating organizational systems that fit their personal style. She is passionate about helping people move forward by cutting out the clutter that stands in the way. Welcome to Spark Joy, Holly. Thank you so Welcome, much. Welcome, Holly. Thank you. So tell us about your journey to becoming a professional organizer. When did you know that this is what you wanted to do? Were you always an organized person? <laughs> well, this is a story I love to tell. In 2008, I was doing a year-long training school with my church, and at the end of it, I was saving up to go on this international trip. So in order to take that trip, I sent a newsletter to my contacts, and I told them, this is my journey. I said, I would love to organize your garage or your office if you will contribute towards my trip. And several people responded, and over time, I found that I had a real knack for this. In fact, one time, my aunt told one of her friends, I know a professional organizer who can help you and I'm going to give you her number and she'll be in contact. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't give this person any big ideas. Professional organizer. That sounds so official. I said, just tell her your niece can help her and that, you know, I'll call her. I was trying to downplay it. She said, no, Holly, you're a professional organizer. I've known you your whole life and this is who you are. (laughs) Awesome. Your aunt just manifested that for you. (laughs) (laughs) It was hilarious. And so that really made me think. And it was so funny because I'd been organizing for people for probably five years at that point. And I didn't even know that a professional organizer was a thing or that this was an an industry. And so I had been doing it for several years. And then I started researching, how do you actually start a business out of this? And kind of the background of all that is that I was going through nursing school and I had a really rocky nursing career. And it took a few years for me to realize this nursing thing is not for me. And so I quit my last job a couple years ago and dove full force into this entrepreneur thing. And now I've been doing it full time for a little over a year, but I've been doing it part time for lots of years. And it's what I really love to do. And you asked if I was always organized. That's a funny (laughs) question. You could say I was an organized pack rat because I kept everything (laughs) I'm so sentimental and it's been a journey for me to learn how to let go of things. And since that's my own story, 
I know how to relate to other people who know they need to let go of things. And I help people through this process with the skills that I learned by doing it myself. This is so interesting. I, I think that so many folks that I've spoken to in, in our business come from a healthcare background. Um, I, I did also. Um, I was in healthcare for like 20 years, started out as a clinical psychotherapist. And, and what I think is funny about that is that for a lot of us, it was like, well, this is just not quite it. Mm-hmm. It's something about wanting to work with people and help people, it but is. healthcare just didn't quite do it, you know, and it was so <laughs> it hard to kind spark of, joy. <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. It sparked joy for a little while, but then it was like, oh, this is not good. Um, but so I think that that's a really common thing for a lot of folks. Yeah, I know yeah, my exactly. my um, degree is in engineering, and I transitioned into getting a master's into inter- in interior design. And while I was doing, uh, uh, I think, initial organizing session, or probably just purging papers and going through old files, I found my Myers-Briggs, and it said I was supposed to be a nurse, a real estate agent, or interior decorator. So, yeah, so, yeah I should have listened to that. Way back then, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, remember? I don't remember all of the the letters. I uh, I think an I definitely an I and maybe an F, maybe I F S J maybe. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I just, find all that stuff so fascinating. It, it really is. Cause it I should have, you know, you take them when you're in high school and you're not really focused on like paying attention to the results. You know, it doesn't really speak (laughs) much to you because you have, you know, other things that are on your mind when you're graduating from high school, but it's actually a pretty legit test if you really pay attention to it. It But yeah. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. I mean, that brings up another whole issue is that, um, I mean, I, I, you know, no one told me that there was such a thing as a professional organizer when I was growing up. I mean, or that there was, you know, because that was basically just taking care of your house. I mean, now that I've seen, I've worked with so many clients and I've seen how people interpret keeping house so differently, I've realized that we really don't, there's no focus on that. And and I think because there's been kind of a, a movement away from that focus, it's almost been detrimental in the sense that I think because, um, we derive so much of our sense of serenity and well-being from our environment to not be able to take care of our environment is really, um, I don't know, maybe the source of a lot of, um, of discontentment in our lives. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I feel like it's something that we really don't focus enough on, especially when we're growing up and, and looking at career options. Because I know that if I would have known this was an option, I probably would have picked this up a lot sooner. <laughs> Um, so it, originally you were the traveling organizer yeah. and you had clients over a really large geographical area. What did you, what was that like for you and how did you find people were about the, the organizational challenges based on where they lived? That's a great question. Yes. So I've traveled to at least a dozen states in the last few years, helping clients in Texas, Colorado, Michigan, Ohio, out to California, up through Oklahoma, Missouri, Illinois, Kentucky, and the Midwest. And wow. one definite difference that I notice in the Midwest is that people have basements. <laughs> and so 
<laughs> this presents a whole new level of clutter that has been totally unattended to. So I joke with a couple of my colleagues. I say somebody could have a niche, a niche, niche. I don't know how do you say that word? Niche, niche. Niche. Someone, uh-huh. <laughs> someone could have a niche just in organizing basements in the Midwest because people put it down there. They forget about it. And then some event comes up and they're either downsizing or someone's parents have passed away or they're doing a remodel or something comes up and there's all this stuff everywhere. So that's a big thing in the Midwest as far as a challenge and concern in that direction. So in Colorado, I lived there for a summer and I worked in some vacation rental homes and condos in the Vail Valley. And the issue there I noticed is that real estate is at such a premium. And so people have these one and two bedroom condos. So you can imagine that the issue is maximizing that small space. And so you're talking about, you know, families that have three kids and they're in a two bedroom condo that might be, let's say, um, 700 square feet, you know, 350 on the top and 350 on the bottom, something small like that. So how do you maximize that? That was very interesting. Now down in Texas, where I'm from, As they say, everything is bigger (laughs) in Texas. (laughs) Have you heard that phrase? Mm -hmm. Everything is bigger. So people tend to have more space in general down here. And as you probably know, working with clients yourself, space is a vacuum. And I was just telling a client this last week. I was like, you don't get organized by getting a bigger space because when you have more space, you just fill it up. (laughs) So it's better to learn to get organized first. So those are a few areas. You got the Midwest, you got Colorado, down in Texas. Those are a few of the things that come to mind when you ask that question. I'm curious, Holly, I know you've moved your home base quite a few times as well. And you've had to move your business and your home life. Uh, do you have tips for our listeners around or staying organized through the process of moving or downsizing? Yes, get rid of as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Because it only adds time and stress and frustration the more that you try to take with you. So literally look and think, do I wear this every day? My test for whether I want to buy a new piece of clothing or not is, do I want to wear this every day? Now, that isn't always the case, but it has to be comfortable enough and somewhat stylish enough to where I feel really, really good in it. Do I want to wear this every day or could I wear this every day? So that's one thing for clothes. Another thing for papers is I'm completely digital. I have like 10 or 12 receipts right now that need to get put into my invoicing system. And then I have one small box of business essential papers, stuff that I just have to keep a physical copy of. But other than that, everything is on Dropbox. I have a very organized Dropbox file system. And you can actually use an app on your phone for Dropbox where you scan it straight into it. It uploads it, saves it as a PDF scan, and then I shred the paper. So go paperless, get rid of a bunch of stuff. And then as far as transplanting yourself and your business to a new place, I think it's all about your mindset and your confidence and your willingness to get out there and be interested in other people and not just say, everybody come hire me because I'm awesome. You get out there and you... This is what I do. I contact individual business owners because I am an introvert <laughs> and I am kind of intimidated sometimes by the big networking meetings of, you know, 50 people or more. So I will find one or two business owners who I'm interested in. Maybe we have similar industries or maybe I just see their ads and I think, oh, that's an interesting business person I would love to get to know. 
and I reach out to them one-on-one and connect with them. And I find that our mutual um, connection for each other's networks has been more valuable than anything else whenever I'm moving to a new place and starting my business there. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Well, we want to hear a little bit more about your particular way of organizing. As you know, obviously, we practice the KonMari method, um, but we don't necessarily feel that there's like a one size fits all for organizing a home. So we know that different schools of thoughts all complement each other and we can learn from each other. So how would you define your particular style of professional organizing and how did it develop over time? Well, I agree with you that it's definitely not a one-size-fits-all approach. I treat every client uniquely, and yet even when I do treat them uniquely, there are some things that keep overlapping and coming up over and over. So that's how I started to learn my personal style. So my style of organizing could be described as helping people move forward practically and spiritually. So I love getting into real conversations with people who are making an impact on their world around them. And those conversations include anything from their victories to their struggles to their everyday life. And sometimes on the outside surface, they look put together and people would never know how much they struggle on the inside or on the home front. They have this professional image that they want to upkeep and they won't even invite people like friends and family over because they just encounter or they just have a lot of shame-based thinking. And so I encounter that a lot and I personally dealt with that for so long, so I know how to dismantle it and how to help set people free. And so that's where the spiritual part comes in. I love Jesus. I believe he's the shame breaker, and it only naturally makes sense to offer hope that I've found to other people. If I know the cure to their misery and don't offer it, I it just doesn't feel genuine if I'm quiet about it. You know, I don't shove anything down anybody's throat, but I offer hope because I have found hope, and a lot of my clients are in this broken spot. And so we tend to just talk through their issues with this very open dialogue. And I'm honestly a very vulnerable person, even with my clients. And I think it's something they really connect to because people can generally find themselves in my story somewhere. I've had so many ups and downs. I've moved a lot. I've downsized. I've accumulated several times. And so my approach to my clients stems a lot from my own experience. And that has developed over time. So Hopefully that gives you an idea into what my personal style is. Wow, that's awesome. And how are you transitioning that into helping people make those tough decisions? Uh, like you said, being sharing and empathizing with your clients, being vulnerable. How do you get them to get to a point where they feel comfortable with letting something go or choosing to keep it? Yeah, that's a great question. Ultimately, it's up to them. I'm not there to coerce anyone into letting go or keeping something. I really ultimately try to get down to the question of what is your vision and where do you see yourself in the next year, three years, five years? And does all this stuff around you help to make that happen, that vision that you have, or does it hold you back? And I'm such a visionary at heart. And so one of my go-to tools is reminding people of their own vision. And, you know, sometimes people don't even know their own vision and they just feel stuck. And so we start discovering that together. I start asking questions like, what would you do if money was no object? (laughs) That's kind of part of how I discovered professional organizing because I lost my job um, several years ago and my business. I had a greeting card business. I lost both of those in the same week. 
And I thought this crazy question to myself, what would I do if money was no object? And I thought I would travel around the U.S. and I would organize for people. (laughs) (laughs) And so I did that for 40 days for free for people. And I made a lot of really great connections and discovered that I really loved doing this work. And so my vision came out of trial and error. And it takes time to even know your own vision. So that's really my tool is helping people um, remind themselves of where they're going. And, you know, I love the phrase that you all use, does this spark joy? Uh You're trying to decide what to keep or what goes. And I also love to ask people if something makes them happy to look at it. And it's another way of saying the same thing. And sometimes they aren't as quick to answer whether something sparks joy. They're like, hmm, what does that mean? So another question I might say is, is this meaningful to you? I had a client and she had been holding on to this yearbook for years and years. And she was in her 70s and we were downsizing some closets. And she came across this yearbook. She's like, do I keep this or do I, do I let go of this? And, and I said, is it meaningful to you? And that was the only question she needed to hear. She's like, nope, I don't care anything about this. And she chunked it. <laughs> That's so great. I, I, I have that happen a lot of times with clients, not necessarily exactly like that, but there is just this element of just giving someone permission to let yeah. something go. And you said earlier that you were a very sentimental person. And I think yeah. a lot of our clients are really, really would identify as sentimental people. Mm-hmm. So letting go of something. And I think I've heard you say many times this idea that, that um, the memory is not, within the material item Mm -hmm. the memory is in our hearts and Mm -hmm. you know that's that's where that's where we can honor that memory um it's not it's not in the thing and and as you have experienced you know you can leave everything behind and you're you're still the person that you are and Mm -hmm. you, you still we're still the sum total of all of our experiences regardless of whether or not we have all the accoutrement that we've (laughs) collected over time having come from the midwest and moving to new york city i um you know i had just had tons of stuff and i was a very sentimental person i loved all my great grandmother's antiques and all the things that came along with my family through the generations and i wanted to keep all of those things but i also wanted to live in new york and i and those two things were not compatible so i had to make a decision what is going to make me happy and yeah. and you know and, and at that time i wasn't even as aware of what what I was actually doing by letting go of those things, but really letting go of the stuff gave me the freedom to become the person that I am now and wanted to be. Had, had I not yes. been able to do that, I yes. would still be stuck there, you know, yes. and my life would have been entirely different. So I totally, I totally understand what you're saying. Yes, yeah. I totally agree. In fact, one of my favorite clients was out in California earlier this year, February, March, and I went out there and, Uh, kind of along those same lines, she wanted to move forward in her business and in her life. And yet there was all these papers just, you know, in her home and in her office. And so she was a busy professional herself. And I went up there to her office, I organized all these papers, I got them into this system, um, kind of a three tier system of the Sunday basket, some reference binders, and um, then what needed to be filed away. And she just felt so free. She felt like she could move forward and not be stuck looking at that stuff every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So paper is a very big challenge for many of our clients. I think we've all experienced working yes. um, 
Paper Bay. <laughs> and you have developed a very unique way of helping clients organize um, that particular category. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about, about that and um, about your um, the Sunday Basket method that you've developed? Oh, well, actually, Lisa Woodruff developed that. She was one of my oh. business coaches. So I love organizing paper, but that used to not be the case. But whenever I connected with Lisa, she introduced me to the Sunday Basket method. And you know, honestly, my stuff is digital because I am this traveling nomad and I don't carry bulky papers around. So I don't personally keep a Sunday basket. Mine is, you know, in my phone or on my computer on Dropbox. But it's one of the very first things that I teach to my clients whenever we're getting their homes organized. Let's say someone calls me and they say, I need this, this and this and this organized. Where do we even start? And I'll say, well, what is stressing you out the most? And a lot of times they say papers. I'm like, okay, well, let's get a paper system going. So the premise of the Sunday basket method is to have all your actionable papers in one spot instead of spread across the Kenji counter, your office desk and any other lucky blank surface, (laughs) keep them all in one basket. And then once a week, and that's the key is going through it regularly is to empty out this basket and touch every piece of paper in it. And what you ask yourself is, can this wait until next Sunday? Or whatever day of the week you choose to do this on. So if it can wait until next Sunday, you put it back in the basket. (laughs) It's intentional procrastination because you don't have to do anything about it yet. If it can't wait a whole week, then you need to decide what to do with it. So for example, you have this Bed Bath & Beyond coupon and it's sitting in your Sunday basket and you ask yourself, can this wait till next Sunday? And you look at the expiration date on it and you say, nope, that can't wait. And you know that you're going to have some time on Tuesday while your kids are at school to go to Bed Bath & Beyond. So you're going to take action on that coupon. You're going to go put it in your car so it'll be there when you need it. And now you have cleared something out of your Sunday basket. So it's all about taking regular action and having a place to put stuff in between those weeks. So that's the method that I teach in workshops. Lisa Woodruff has a workshop workshop. that she licenses people to teach their Sunday basket license workshop providers all over the country. I was actually, I want to say the first or one of the first three to get licensed to teach this. So I'm about to launch these down here in Waco. And that is something that anybody from any life stage can learn to use. So very functional across the board. And I love helping people cut out that paper clutter because Honestly, I think it's one of those things, like I said earlier, it causes the most stress. It causes headaches for people because they can't find what they need when they need it. There's this bill, then it's overdue, overdraft, all this different stuff. But when it's organized, they feel free and they feel secure and they know everything is in order and in its place. Yeah, I totally relate to that. I had a moment when I opened my mailbox and all of these catalogs just like flew out at me. And I was like, (laughs) going on and I guess it was the holiday season it might have probably been the November December time frame and I just realized like this is just all of this isn't even relevant to me because through through the KonMari process I realized that you know I have what I need I don't need to all these catalogs to encourage me to buy more and I have just a little tiny mailbox so uh, the important things, I couldn't even find them because of all these catalogs. So one morning I just sat down and called every single catalog yes. company, kept at all the codes so they know exactly, they could look my yes. information and find my um, information to take me off the list 
and I had to call a couple of them back uh, over time <laughs> because you have to wait like the 90 days or whatever yes. until they're because everything's printed in advance. So yes. uh, so I gave them some time, but then I tried to nudging be nice them. about calling <laughs> nudging them again just to say, hey, I'm still on this list, you know, get me off. Oh. But over time, I'd say over about six months, I finally noticed a big difference. Yeah. And yeah, it's just it was so invaluable. So I'll, I share that with all of my clients who have trouble trying to manage the junk mail. I'm just yeah. I'm trying to figure out what's my next technique to get those credit card offers and all of the yes. those papers to stop. Um, yeah. That's my next little challenge. But but at least I tackled the catalog and it's not uh, encouraging me to buy things I don't need exactly. <laughs> as well. That's the other bonus. So. Yeah, that's awesome. That reminds me of one particular client up in Michigan who had about a foot and a half tall of stuff on his kitchen counter. And his he was in his 70s and his wife had passed away uh, a year prior. And she was the one who took care of that stuff. And she also was the one who had lots and lots of catalogs. So she had been deceased for over a year and there was still all these catalogs coming in. So we did the same thing. We went, you know, number by number by number. I had my assistant call every single one and say, you know, this person is deceased, remove them from your list. There's also, speaking of your thing about credit card offers, there's also this resource. I want to say it's called DMA Choice, Direct Mail Association or something like that. Oh. DMA Choice, and you can go in and unsubscribe from junk mail. And we, you can also, I think, go on there whenever someone is deceased and you put them on like the Interesting. take mail off thing. Awesome. So, yeah, that's oh. a big thing is stopping the flow of paper in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your basket is already light. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think especially I was just, as you both were talking, I was thinking uh, how many times we touch a piece of paper that comes into our home, moving it from one place to another, you know, stacking it somewhere, moving the stack, looking at it, thinking I need to do this. So I need to do that. Then putting it aside and then picking it up again. And how often we can end up just, you know, handling paper, and if yeah. you have a system, then you can really minimize the amount of time and investment you're 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 putting into just you know moving stuff around. Because and honestly, of of all of the things that I see in a disorganized home, a home that's getting ready to be organized, the most unattractive thing is stacks of paper. Yes. You know, and it's like it's and it's absolutely is such a challenge. But it's also, I think, one of the the biggest. Um, um, bangs for your buck is Mm -hmm. getting rid of your paper. And then that doesn't even go into what a terrible waste it is. You know, the the paper that we just toss in the trash, hopefully, you know, most of us are are good enough to trash it or to recycle it. But, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of that just ends up in the landfill and it's really, Mm -hmm. it's really, you know, I I really hope that as, as time moves on, we get much more comfortable with digital everything. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I, um, I try to get, I don't think I have any, at this point, I don't think I have any bills or any important papers coming into our home that can be done digitally, which feels so amazing. It's just a, a great freedom. It is. So one thing we always like to ask is if you have a favorite tidying tip. You've given us a lot of really good suggestions, but I wonder if you have like a favorite. Hmm. Well, whenever I ask my clients what helped them the most, 
after our, we do our sessions and then I'll call them several weeks later and say, okay, how's it going? Uh-huh. You know, what's sticking with you? And they say, I hear your voice in my head telling me to go ahead and do it right now. <laughs> and so wow. I'm like, okay, putting something down rather than putting it away is a big reason that my clients don't stay tidy. So when we're going through their stuff and we come across something that needs to be taken to a room, I say, okay, why don't you go ahead and do that right now? And they laugh like right now, what a novel idea. <laughs> and I say, yes, right now. So you could probably say that's my favorite tidying tip because that's what sticks with my clients is to go ahead and do it right now. Doing it right now. That's that. great. All about mm-hmm. taking action, holding ourselves accountable. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And, it, you know, and that's like a, a little small thing. You know, it's not like, you know, go go organize the entire house. It's just how about just putting the dishes away out of the dishwasher or mm-hmm. making the bed? Um, I. I kind of feel like once as a young adult, I got into the habit of making my bed every day. It really changed my life. And it sounds so ridiculous, but it's just, (laughs) it's like, no, do you just make the bed before you leave the house? You know, that's just what you do. Mm -hmm. And it can make a huge difference. So that's a great tip. So tell us a little bit more about your new venture, Waco Home Organizers. I know that you just, opened as a business Mm -hmm. and you are presenting workshops and doing lots of other things. Tell us a little bit about what that was like to do that whole relocation thing and how challenging that's been and what you've learned. Mm -hmm. So this is probably my third relocation. I had a big one nine months ago where I went to Ann Arbor, moved there, learned a lot and gained a lot of skills and confidence. So really, it hasn't been as challenging coming back to Waco. I lived here for six years before, and I really love it. There's this saying that says Waco feels like home. And so I feel like it's home, even though I'm from the Dallas area. And it's just where a lot of my special people live. There's this concept about whenever you're launching something new, it's important to be surrounded by people who support you. And so this is the first time I'm launching a team. So every time I've gone to a new place, it's been only me. It's been relatively easy for me to pack up and go. But now I'm hiring, I've already hired uh, three people and I'm in the midst of training them. One of them has been working with me for two years and one of them has been working with me for six months. And then one of them has been working with me for about four months. And so I've been training and working with them and, um, The idea behind the Waco Home Organizers team came about through a series of conversations and events, and I did some business coaching this spring, earlier this year, 2017, and I talked with my business coach about where I wanted business to go in the next five years, kind of like how I talk with my clients about what's your vision, Mm -hmm. where do you want to be, and is what you're doing right now moving you towards that, or is it, are you getting stuck because of you know, what you're holding on to and what you're doing. So whenever we talked about where I want to go in the next five years, I knew right away that I really want to build teams and I don't want to keep doing this by myself forever. It's, it's fun (laughs) at some level, but it, it can get lonely. And, and I want to have teammates who we can do this together with and we can get so much more done, honestly, with two or three working of us on a job at one time. And there's just a chemistry and a joy and a, camaraderie that comes with it that the clients love as well. So I've been envisioning a well-oiled team for some time now. And in April, um, I came to Waco for a trip down from Ann Arbor. It was my third trip back 
home to Texas in those nine months that I was gone where work kept coming up and keeping me here for about a month at a time. So I got into this unexpected pattern of being in Waco for a month, Ann Arbor for a month, Waco for a month, Ann Arbor for a month. And all this work came up where I really needed to put some team members on the job and I really had to get back to Michigan. And so it was a little bit of an experience in letting go of control to let my team members do this. But it was wonderful, and it was one of the best things I could have done because the clients were so happy. My teammates have different strengths and skills than I do to offer, and so that's wonderful for the clients because they can benefit not only from me but from my team members. And whenever I left um, to go back up there and my team members were on this job and I realized they are capable, I completely trust them, um, I really want to spend more concentrated time in Texas, building this team, getting this going. And so I decided to come back to Texas for the summer. Initially, it was going to be six weeks. Now it's more like 10 or 12. And I'll, we'll see. I don't really make plans more than a couple months at a time anymore. I'm kind of a free spirit with a plan. Sometimes the plan just isn't very far in the future. (laughs) I just kind of flow and go with it. I don't really have this great need for certainty anymore like I used to. So I'm not really sure what's next. But right now, I'm in Waco, and you were asking about what the challenges have been. And I said, yeah. on one level, it's been it's been easy, and it's been very natural, and things have flowed, and I've been making some awesome connections. I would say one challenge has been realizing how much it costs to start a business with employees. <laughs> <laughs> There's taxes, training, where I'm training people when I'm not in a client's home, where that's not really a billable hour from a client, yet I'm paying yeah. paying out training time. Uh, to talk with them or bring them on an unpaid consultation. So those things plus the insurance adds up fast. And, you know, it's it's a lot at one time, but I know it'll be worth it. So I'm excited about that. And as far as the workshops you asked about, I'm doing uh-huh. a few different types of paper workshops for different markets. So one would be for moms, one would be for baby boomers, and another one would be for people who are kind of in the survival stage in life where they just need some systems to be able to keep themselves going every day. And so there's a kid's artwork for the moms where they can make some memory boxes. They literally bring a basket full of their kid's artwork. Most moms have one stuck away in their closet, kind of uh-huh. whirled <laughs> away somewhere. <laughs> and they bring it up to the workshop. I have this big, huge table in the center of my office, space for about four to six people. So small, intimate, and they just spread out their kids' artwork. Um, I have this system in these little boxes and folders to put them in with a personalized nameplate that is an idea from one of my colleagues, um, Emily, in Nashville. And she's a super sweet girl, and we've collaborated on ideas. So that's one of the ones that I offer for the moms. And my friend, who is a mom, was talking with me about this while we were at Target together one night. And and she said, Holly, I know what you need for your workshops. You need to get a you need to get a Keurig a coffee machine. Well, I'm not a coffee drinker. A Keurig never crosses my mind to, you know, get anything like that. And she said, all that moms really want is coffee and chocolate. (laughs) 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 She said, if you can just provide some coffee and chocolate when they come to the workshops, you're going to become like their new best friends. So I got them covered. (laughs) I got this Keurig and now I'm going to try to figure out what kind of chocolate they'll like. So 
Yeah, those wow. are a few of the workshops. One is the kids' artwork. Another one is this one for Sunday Baskets that I mentioned earlier. And then the last one is just getting like vital documents like your financial and medical stuff ready in case any emergencies come up. So I have some um, forms and baskets and stuff for that. Oh. So, yeah. Oh, great. What a great idea. Yeah, that's we can all use uh, some systems around paper for sure. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds like there's a lot of great things, a lot of sparking jo- of joy uh, oh, in yeah. your business life. Yes, <laughs> so, I love it so much. I find like, feel like I've found what I'm made for. That's perfect. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, right now we also asked our guests you know, uh-huh. at this very moment, uh, what's sparking joy for you in your life? Well, my sister had a baby a few weeks ago, so I have a brand new nephew. Oh, congratulations. Congratulations. (laughs) So the thing that sparks joy is when I get to go to Dallas and hold him and he snuggles up on my chest and he falls asleep and there's a sleeping baby and it's just the best feeling in the whole world. (laughs) That's wonderful. Being an aunt is the best thing. Oh, yes. (laughs) It gets no better. Yeah, I love it. I'm hoping it's coming soon. Oh. <laughs> but my brother and sister-in-law, hopefully one day. Yeah. We'll see. I've got my fingers crossed. Uh, but uh, let's see. So are, do you have any final words of wisdom that you'd like to share with our listeners? Final words of wisdom. Take action. You know, it's it's easy to procrastinate and get overwhelmed by big ideas and big plans. Um, but I would encourage you to take action on something small that's right in front of you. Perfect. Do you have any, I believe you have a travel package as well. Um, maybe you could tell our listeners a little bit about that. I'm sure they'll be interested in in that offering. Yes. So I have a, a four day signature travel package where I fly in on a Tuesday and get settled. And then we start working together on a Wednesday through Saturday And we have lots of fun. We go through some of the consultation process where we talk about your vision, talk about the systems and tools that would be best for your life. We do some decluttering, go ahead and start organizing and then start creating some systems for you. So this was really sparked out of a client that I loved out in California. She's an entrepreneur and she is moving forward and she has a podcast of her own that is just amazing and wonderful. And I realized that some of the systems that she was wanting to create were things that I could really help with by getting that blitz done in the first place. And I find that for busy people who are high achievers and entrepreneurs, and they may not want anybody in their immediate circle to come into their home Mm -hmm. um, because Maybe they don't want them to see their mess. They can call a perfect stranger like me. (laughs) And I come to them. We spend, you know, those four days together and just make some massive action. So I love to travel anywhere. I have a four-day VIP experience. We um, go out to eat. We have a little happy hour. We talk about what's important to you. And um, that's my, my signature favorite package. So love for you to contact me about that. Excellent. And I was going to ask you to um, remind our listeners where you travel, if you have any limitations on geographical locations, but it sounds like you will uh, help them anywhere they are. In the- <laughs> <laughs> Such a great idea. Oh, I love it. I have the freedom to do that right now. 
And um, there is usually just, you know, give me at least six or seven weeks heads up because you can get the best travel fares that way. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> you know? right. And then flying well, on a Tuesday is always the best day to fly in, you know, less yes. expensive. So there you go. Yes, great travel tip too. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Especially this time of year. Yeah. That sounds like such a cool thing. I, I love this idea of like doing a an organization boot camp almost and it just, yeah. you know, complete complete dedication to 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 getting everything under control in a short amount of time, which is really yes. kind of a KonMari concept also. Is, um, <laughs> not doing it quite as um, dramatically as that, but you know, doing it once and doing it completely is really, I think, a great, a great approach. Yeah, especially for busy professionals, because there are some systems out there that will tell you to do something in 15 minutes a day. But a lot of times what I find is that doing it in a concentrated amount of time actually works better for super busy people. They just need to stop their life for like just a few days, plan for their life to stop for a few days, focus on it, and then get going. Because it's, it's way too hard to get something into your everyday life. I've tried it myself and I, I just know how busy professionals work. So yeah, that's what I, I typically recommend. Like you said, is, is doing it once and doing it well. Yeah, agree. Totally agree. The batch approach is the best approach. Yeah, girl. <laughs> so yeah. great. <laughs> a little here, bit here, a little bit there. Oh, so frustrating. It never, yeah. never truly works. Yeah. Uh, Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Holly, for joining us at Spark Joy. And it was great having you here. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Enjoyed getting to visit with you gals. It was really great. Really enjoyed having you on our show. You can learn more and connect with Holly Sutherland at WacoHomeOrganizers.com and follow her on Facebook and Instagram. So now we want to hear from you. Tell us your burning tidying questions or share stories about how Kanmari has impacted your life. You can find us at www.sparkjoypodcast.com and click Ask Spark Joy to leave a question or comment for a chance to be featured on next week's show. You can also join the discussion on Facebook or on Twitter at Ask Spark Joy Podcast. Thanks for tuning in and we hope your day sparks joy. Thank you for listening to Spark Joy with your host, Kristen Ivey of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. Spark Joy, the podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with Conmari Media Incorporated. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co-hosts and guests alone and do not represent the corporate position of Conmari Media Incorporated or the Conmari Consultant Community.